You're listening to a message from Crosspoint Church in Williston, Vermont, with lead pastor Todd West. Find out more about us at crosspointvt.org. If you like what you hear, follow us on social media. Thanks for being here today. It is so good to be with you guys. Already crying. And I may cry again, so apologies, okay? This sermon that I'm going to be preaching to you this morning is called Further Up and Further In. And if you understand that reference, then I applaud you. Good. It's a reference from a book, okay? Uh, it's been weighing heavy on my heart for, a lot, for the last uh, couple of weeks. So like I said, I may be in tears, uh, but man, it's coming from a heart full of passion for you. But man, other than that, you guys look good this morning. Did you, have you guys been working out? You guys have lost weight. You look so good. Did you guys, I think I'm seeing, you guys got haircuts, right? You're looking good. Some good do's and everything. Man, you guys are looking so good. Those beautiful smiles. Well, as many of you may know, during the last couple of weeks, we've been uh, studying over uh, the body of Christ, right? How we're all a part of the body of Christ, the church that God loves, and you're a part of it, and you fit into it, right? And so we've been learning about that. <clears throat> well, in transition, uh, I'll be speaking about something different, but it'll be going into uh, a rooted series. It's about being rooted in Christ, rooted in living in Christ. And uh, t- but today it'll be just in transition. I'll, I'll be it's, it's pertains to it, but I hope overall that it speaks some freedom over you as you go into learning about the importance of being rooted in Christ, being rooted in the Word. And we may go a little bit longer this morning. We're already stretching a little bit longer. Technically, I only have about twenty minutes. But you know, here I'll, I'll cut a deal with you. If you let me go a little bit longer this morning, I'll make sure that when we're uh, scheduling out our preaching schedule, that I'll be at the end of it. Is that okay? Is that okay? If you let me go a little bit longer, I'll make sure I'm at the end of the list. Okay? Is that okay? Okay, okay. All right. So we may go a little bit longer, but I feel really strongly about this. I really hope this speaks freedom over you. It speaks to you as it spoke to me. Okay? All right. Well, as many of you may know, uh, I work personally with several organizations that partner with Lucasfilm. It's the people that made Star Wars. And Sean's all right. Sean and my wife are going like, oh, Lord, here we go. Oh, my Lord. But it's a, 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 several organizations that partner with Lucasfilm, the people that made Star Wars, right? And they raise money for Make-A-Wish, Right, it's a really cool foundation. Well, the people, including myself, uh, within the group, uh, all have film accurate costumes and props. And what we do is we go out into the community for parades and holidays and different events to raise money for Make a Wish. Right? People can choose if we show up to those events uh, to thank us. To pay, if they pay us, we give it to Make a Wish. Right? So a few weeks ago, I was at a convention, okay? I was at a convention where we were doing some recruiting uh, for maybe people who want to, you know, build a suit or a costume, film accurate, right? Um, And also to raise money for Make-A-Wish with some raffles for some, like, vintage toys and action figures and props and stuff like that. Uh, But it was at a convention that I was at a few weeks ago. And, yes, it was a nerdy convention, okay? I'm okay with saying it. I'm okay with saying that. It was a little nerdy. Well, while I was there, I was making some baby Yoda crafts for kids, right? Some baby Yoda crafts, and I was giving them out to kids at this convention. I love kids. I used to work at the Disney store. I was a manager there for about four years. 
years. So every interaction that I have with a little kid, I love it. I love it. So I was able to make them uh, some crafts and talk about their costumes and how cool they were. It was wonderful. Well, as the bit v- event began, I began to, and people began to trickle into this event, I began to take notice that the majority of the people that were at the convention were dressed as the opposite gender, or a lot of them, a big majority, identified themselves as animals, right? They were dressed up in leashes and stuff like that. And when I say animals, I'm gonna let you fill in the blank, okay? And what that means, because I'm not, we're not going there. Uh, many of these people stop by our tables and they talk to us to look over our costumes, right? And what I ended up finding out is most of these people were like myself, just nerdy people, right? Maybe a little awkward. I'm not awkward though, am I? Am I? No, 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 okay. Maybe a little awkward and maybe having a hard time holding conversations, but a lot of them identified themselves as it or an opposite gender or as an animal, right? And I'm gonna stop right here this morning and and just say right up front uh, that if you have any issue with this, with what I'm talking about, gender identity, it's not the topic of my sermon today, gender identity and identity, it's not the topic of my sermon, but if you have a problem, it's probably best that you and I and Pastor Todd talk after the service, okay? Uh, Best that we talk about it now rather than later. It's not my focus, but we're moving on, okay? So as I was having this conversation with all these different uh, people uh, at these conventions, um, I was finding that my heart was really burdened and saddened for these people. It's really sad. It was just making me so sad. So I started praying to the Lord as I was making these crafts and giving them out to kids and seeing them come in. I was like, this is so sad that these people are, are that there's so many of these people here. It's, it's just weighing heavy in my heart, Lord. And I heard the Lord say to me, right, as a thought pops in your head, it reverberates in your head, it pounds in your heart right? And the Lord said to me, he said, if you're sad by it, then pray over these people because nobody else is praying over these people. So what I did is I was making these crafts. I started picking out people in the crowd that were weighing heavy on my heart and I started praying over them. They were quick, simple prayers, but I was praying for them nevertheless. And at one point towards the end of the, the convention, what I ended up doing is uh, Abby was coming to get me and I, was, I, I decided to circle the, the convention, go up and down the rows and pray over the people running the booths. Well, I had been to this convention last year, but it was during kind of the end of COVID and then we put back on the mandates and it was you know funky time. So it wasn't as large. Well, what I noticed this time, it was a lot larger. There were a lot of people there, a lot of people there, but there was a heavy presence in this convention of witchcraft. There were witches, magic booths, uh, supplies, uh, books on dark magic. There were booths on crystal healing, palm readings, and all these people, right, that were weighing heavy on my heart were going to these booths. So you know what I said? I was walking around. I said, Jesus said, I was put here to pray over these people, and if it saddens me, I'm going to pray over the witches. I'm going to pray over these people running the crystal healing booths. I'm going to pray over these people that are... Uh, doing palm readings, these palm readers, fortune tellers. I'm going to pray over these people. And I heard the Lord said to me again, as I was circling the room, having just a great moment with the Lord, he said, you've been placed in this group, in this group that likes Star Wars, and you've been given that passion so that you could be around a specific set of people and pray over them and show them the love of God. Listen to me, church. Listen, listen up. I'm here to tell you that God has placed in you interests and passions in your heart and set you around people from your job, soccer meetups, walking groups, etc., so you can share the love of God with others. You hear me? 
Psalms 139.13 says, you formed my innermost being. This is David speaking. He says, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside, wove them all together in my mother's womb. David says that before in verse 14, talking about how God formed his bones. You know, I see, I think David saw it. He said, God, you formed my personality. You gave me the passion for worship and the passion for music so that I could worship you. You gave me a purpose. You gave me a purpose. You see, church, it's important to know that we're, it's important for you to know that we're, and to be rooted in Christ, that we're rooted in Christ, and we know who we are in Christ because the world, you know what the world is doing? It's screaming out, who am I? Who am I? So know who you are. Be rooted in Christ. It's important. You need to understand that without a shadow of a doubt, you were created beautifully and wonderfully made by by God to be loved by him. You were created to be in a deep, fulfilling, and intimate relationship with the Father. 1 John 4.16 says, we have come into an intimate experience with God's love and we trust in the love he has for us. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God, and God lives through them. So what the world is trying to tell the people, ultimately, is that they're a mistake. You're just a chance of atoms smashing into each other, right? Bingo, life. I heard a Christian scientist talk about the mathematical probability of that statement, and he said it would be, it'd be taking apart a watch every little single part of a watch, throwing it up into the air and it coming down on the ground, all in one piece, fit together, on the right time, functioning. You're not a mistake. But that's the, the lie or the truth, right, that the world is trying to tell people. You're not a mistake. Know who you are. Be rooted in Christ. We need to be rooted in the word of God because the world is trying to tell us, apart from that, Question your identity. Question who you are. You're a mistake. Well, even that you're here in our modern age, question who you are. You can't even trust who you are. But the word of God says who you are. Be rooted in who you are. I was recently having a conversation with a close friend of mine who asked me, what do you think people are looking for? If you could sum what the world is looking for into one question, what would that be? And then what would the answer be? One sentence. And I emphatically believe, church, I emphatically believe I will die on this hill, that the question that the world is asking is, who am I? Who am I? And the answer is you are created by a wonderful creator who made you to be in a relationship with him where you depend on him for everything. So be rooted, know who you are. C.S. Lewis has a great statement on your role within the church, and I'd like to share that with you. It's from Mere Christianity. I highly recommend that you read the book. I love C.S. Lewis. Uh, He was a professor at Oxford, so it's very deep. You'll probably have to reread sentences several times, but it's it's good. It's good, good stuff. Um, Let me read you this quote from him. It says, people say the church ought to give us a lead. That is true if they mean it in the right way, but false if they mean it in the wrong way. The clergy, or pastors, are those particular people within the whole church who have been specifically trained and set aside to look after what concerns us as creatures, or he puts in parentheses, Christians, who are going to live forever. 
And we are asking them to do quite a different job for which they have not been trained. The job is really on us, on the layman, just as Christian literature comes from Christian novelists and dramatists, not from the bench of, bench, bench of bishops getting together to write plays and novels in their spare time. As stated in 1 John 4.16, church, listen to me. Every simple act of love from a smile to a handshake to a, how are you doing? How's your family? To buying a cup of coffee for your coworker, taking them out to lunch, to buying groceries for the person in front of you in the line in the grocery store. Every simple act of love, as it says in 1 John 4, 16, is God himself working through you. 1 John can't make it more clear, can it? Right? But listen, we make it so much more difficult, don't we? We make it so much more difficult. We're often often asking pastors, give us an opportunity to, to be in the community and to witness. Give us an opportunity, pastor. But listen, guys, I would encourage you, if you want to be involved and you want to show the love of God to others and witness to others, I dare you to invite God into your football practices. I dare you to, uh, to invite God into your job. I dare you to invite God into your knitting groups, into your board game nights with the neighbors. Say, invade this night, Lord. Let me show your love to these people. Let your word that's in within my heart and the love that it stirs up within me, the passion that it stirs up within me, let it come out tonight with these people. I dare you to do that and see what happens. I'm telling you, I've had plenty of experiences. It'll produce. It'll produce. We tend to think that witnessing is grabbing a funnel, shoving it in somebody's mouth, grabbing a King James Version, and jamming it down their throat, don't we? Yeah. We, we truly do. But listen, what I want to encourage you with this morning is that times of witnessing will arise out of your overflowing expressions of love to others from the Father. What does the word say? We love because we, what? He first loved us. We love because he first loved us. Realize who you are. This is the part where I'm going to start crying. There are doctors in here. And God has given you a passion for healing people. Because he wants to work his healing power through you. There are coaches in here who have a passion about sports and being in kids' groups because kids need father and mother figures. And he's put that passion on your life. Realize who you are. God has given stories to authors within this church because the world needs to hear of a story that ends in hope. And God has given songs to songwriters to sing about love. Oh my God, a Christian singing, not singing worship songs, singing love songs. He has given songwriters songs about love because the world needs to hear about love that is committed to a relationship, not just about a one-night stand. You hear me? Realize who you are. Realize who you are. Be rooted in the word of God, church. You're called to ministry. It's not just up us up here on the stage. You're, preach, you're called to be a preacher. Everybody's preaching something. So what are you going to be preaching? I uh, used to work at Starbucks. I'll tell the story really quick. I used to work at Starbucks very uh, many years ago in Denver. And I worked with a staff of, of um, several people. Uh, but other than me and another guy, uh, the majority of the people within there were homosexual or lesbian. 
okay? And so when I was at that, at that store and working in that Starbucks, I, I felt such a, a, a passion. I was like, I need to witness these people. These people are, are, I need to witness to them. They're lost. And in my devotional time when I was praying, Lord, show me how to witness. God specifically told me, I knew it without a shadow of a doubt, do not say anything to them from the word of God. Live it in front of them. Live it in front of them. I'll tell you what happened. One night, I, was, I worked with them for months without telling them I was a Christian. Never said it, never said I went to church, anything like that. I, one night, in closing, one of the men within, uh, within our staff ended up pulling me aside. and he, he pulled me aside, looked me dead in the face, and he said, you're a Christian, aren't you? And I said, I am. What, what, makes, you, what makes you ask that? He said, there's, there's something different about you. You don't act like us. There's something different about you. So what do you think about the way that I live? And he was a homosexual. And I said, well, the Bible doesn't condone it, and I truly believe that. The Bible doesn't condone it. But the Bible also says that God still loves us while we were sinners. And you know what? That doesn't change my love for you. It doesn't change my love for you either. I love you. He looked me dead in the face and he said, I've never heard a Christian talk like you before. He said, I came out years ago when I was a teenager. My church kicked me out of the church and my family stopped talking to me. Listen, I never led those people because what he ended up doing is he went to the other coworkers and he brought them to me and we all had the same conversation. I never led any of those people to Christ. But what I will tell you is that some did say during that season when we went into Christmas that they went home and went to church for the first time in like 20 years, right? Listen, that's good, amen. This is what I wanna share with you. I've shared this verse with you uh, before, but I wanna remind it to you again, Isaiah 55, 11. This is God making a powerful statement about his word. It says, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. I did not lead those people to Christ, but his word will accomplish what it was set out to do, right? And it's the same with you. Every simple act, church every simple act because it's the word of God coming alive within your heart realizing who you are and you showing it to other people and that'll be planted within their heart there's something different about about uh, Phyllis or Daniel there's something different about uh, Tom there's something different about these people they aren't they aren't they aren't confused or angry what, what is it with they're, they're peaceful they're, they're patient they're kind they, they, they have endurance right that what is this about them that's it that's the key Every simple act of love. Like I said, I'm going to go a little bit longer, so hold on tight. All right. Now listen, here's a warning, a call. Stay focused. As you make this decision to be rooted, church, know who you are and to live it out in front of others, the enemy won't like it. Hear me. The enemy's not going to like it. I'm going to share with you nothing to be afraid of, okay? One night after the convention, I was praying over these people, I had the most demonic dream it was straight from the pit of hell. I won't share it with you or anything like that, uh, the details of it. But I woke up and the room felt hot and heavy. It was, it just, oh man, it was, there's something different about the room. And as I was, Abigail was sleeping next to me, my wife. I started to pray under my breath and I just set out. I said, you are not welcome here. Leave in the name of Jesus and by the blood that was shed on the cross. And immediately the room felt cooler and peace felt, it rushed over me. And I, I, I sat there and I was praying, I was worshiping, and I, a, a thought just 
hit me. Duh, that would happen. I was just praying over witches and palm readers and crystal healing, and I was praying over the people that was lost. Listen, Satan was throwing a temper tantrum. But here's the thought. Here's, listen, he's only confirming to me what God said to me that God was speaking to me, that I was there on purpose, that I was supposed to be praying for those people, that I was burdened, my heart was burdened, and those people are lost, right? Otherwise, he wouldn't be throwing a temper tantrum, right? Now listen to me. Have no doubt the devil's going to be upset with you when you start living rooted in the world and living it out, uh, living rooted in the word and living it out in the world. It says in Ephesians 6, 12, your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms, uh, for they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. This is what I have to say to you. It may not show up in the form of dreams like it does to me. That typically kind of what happens to me for whatever reason. Uh, but also, it may sh- show up in the form of temptation. You may deal with something, and it may just be stronger. The enemy's not going to like it, right? My mom said that to me once when I rededicated my life to God. I found that temptations were coming up in my life, and I said, Mom, I'm struggling. Why is that? And she's like, because you're on the right path, right? Like, that's, that's the reason. You're on the right path, and the devil isn't happy with it. And it may show up in the form of noise. I'm going to read another quote by C.S. Lewis. This is from his book, The Screwtape Letters. Preface for this. This is coming from a book about intercepted communications with demons. Okay, nothing demonic about it. What he's doing, and he's, he's a professor at Oxford. He's a Christian, but he was showing theological truths by these how demons look at people to to tempt them. Right? It's not not like he was involved in the cult or anything. Okay, but listen to what he has to say by this. Because when I said it may show up in the form of noise, this is what I'm referring to. He says in his book, Music and Silence, How I Detest Them Both. Remember, this is a demon, demon speaking. He says, No square inch of infernal space and no moment of infernal time has been surrendered to either of those abominable forces, but all has been occupied by noise. Noise, the great dynamism, the audible expression of all that is exultant, ruthless, and virile. We will make the whole universe a noise in the end. We have already made great strides in the direction as regards the earth. The melodies and silences of heaven will be shouted down in the end, but I admit we're not quite loud enough or anything like it. Research is in progress. Listen, this is a man who wrote these letters in newspapers, these stories, in the 1930s. We live with a lot of noise today, church. That man was very prophetic. That man knew what he was talking about. We live with a lot of noise today. This social media, and I'll tell you, temptation for men in this room, this is the worst thing. This is horrible. The ads that we see on this thing is horrible. It may show up in the form of noise, church. So be cautious, be alert, stay focused, know who you are. Romans 8, 35 through 39, this is my answer to that. The enemy being bothered by us being in his space. This is my response to it. Romans 8, 35 through 39. Bear with me. We're almost done. Not too much longer. Who could ever divorce us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has power to diminish his love toward us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death threats? No for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. 
even though it is written, all day long we face death threats for your sake, God. We are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. So now I live with the confidence that there's nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. Listen to this. This is the key. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, and dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing. Somebody needs to hear this. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. Somebody needs to hear that. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Church, listen to me. We come from and we live in victory. We are not working toward it. We are now walking in victory. Know who you are. It's not anything to be afraid of. Know who you are. We are standing in victory. You were, the blood that was shed on the cross is our, man, that's victory. That's victory. That's our freedom. That's what we stand in. It's not something that we're working towards. Nothing you've done and nothing you can do will separate you from the love of God. Amen. Amen. That's right. Nothing you've done, nothing you will do can separate you from the love of God. Now, that doesn't give you the chance, the, 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 uh, the free will to just go and sin and do whatever you want. Specifically, Romans 6, two chapters before that, Paul says, hey, it doesn't give you a, uh, an opportunity to just go sin and do whatever. You've been given a free, or you've been given a new identity by Christ. You can't just go out sinning, Right? So you have a new identity. Know who you are. The enemy has been defeated. And all he can do now is throw a temper tantrum and watch us as we, in partnership with God, take the world by storm. You hear me? Church, be rooted. Know who you are because the world is dying literally to know. The world is dying to know. So know who you are. It's what they're searching for. Know who you are. Be rooted in the word. Dive deep, church. It's the living word. It has something for you every single time you open the word of God. And just as Isaiah 55, 11 says that his word won't return void and it'll accomplish the purposes that it was sent out to do, it'll do the same thing in your life as it does for a lost person, right? I, I can't tell you how many times I've read the word of God and maybe it didn't pertain to me in that moment, but several days down the road, I go, oh my gosh, that was for me. And I go back to that word and I go, man, this is like a sci-fi movie. This, this thing, the Bible, and yes, I'm holding up a phone. It is legal to read your Bible on the phone. Uh, this word of God is, is, is weird. It's, it's living. It's alive. It's deep. It has something for us. It's, it's lighter fuel. It's, it's something, church. It's something. So wake up, be rooted, know who you are, know his love, know his love for you. In conclusion, we're going to do some special things today, okay? Uh, I'm going to read to you a verse, uh, actually several verses, <laughs> Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. And this is something, as I've been preparing this, 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 uh, 
sermon for you guys. Um, you as a congregation, the health, and you online have all been heavy on my heart. Heavy on my heart. That we as a church would be rooted. And I read this verse. God led me to this, this, this passage. There's something, two things specifically in here uh, that really sit heavy on me. That our church would be rooted. And I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to preface, though. This is Paul talking to a church. He's saying, hey, wake up. Wake up. Come on. This is not just a, 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 a dullness that we live through. This is a vibrant life. This is an abundant life. Wake up. So as I read this, it can come off a little harsh. But there's specific things in here that I, I, I believe God wants to say to the congregation of Crosspoint. Hebrews 5, 11 through 14, he says, We have much to say about this topic, although it is difficult to explain because you have become dull and sluggish to understand. You're like children. And I'm going to stop right there. He says children. In Greek, it means nepios, which is, uh, it means unfit to bear arms or unfit to do battle. Mm, I was just talking about the enemy. Hmm. You're like children, he says, still needing milk and not yet ready to digest solid food. For every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet pierced by the revelation of righteousness. Listen to this. This is it, church. This is what God laid on me for Crosspoint. But solid food is for the mature whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters. Heavenly matters. And they have been adequately trained. Listen. By what, we've, by, by what they've experienced to emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is truly evil and harmful, right? That's my prayer for this church. That number one at the beginning of that passage, anyone in here that has been in the church for years and you feel dull and sluggish, that God would bring you back revitalize you, would make you sharp again, would strengthen you up, and that you would have that passion and that fire within your heart again. I pray that over you guys. And the second thing is that our church would be rooted in the word of God, and we'd be eating a solid food, that we would be mature, and our spiritual senses would start to perceive heavenly matters. Church, it's time, I'm telling you, wake up, listen to me, it is time to dance in the river. It is time, yes, it is time to worship like David worshiped. It's time to stand at the end of the diving board, run out and to dive into the deepness of God. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Cross Point Church in Williston, Vermont. If you gave your life to Jesus today, I want to encourage you to text YES TO JESUS to 484848. If you want to learn more about Cross Point, get connected or find ways to give, visit crosspointvt.org. Have a blessed day.